baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Democrats got a wake-up call in this month's elections. Republicans gained support in places like Virginia, New York's Long Island, and in New Jersey, places where Joe Biden won comfortably a year ago. Whatever message they had, it certainly wore better than ours. This week on 880 In-Depth, our conversation with veteran New Jersey Democratic Congressman Bill Pascrell why he's pushing fellow Democrats in the House to come together now on big issues that helped bring the president into power. And you got to understand that we're not all starting from the same place, but we only have one president. That's, that's the tiebreaker. Our frank conversation with the veteran politician who pulls no punches. What should Republicans say about this Congressman Paul Gosser about that that thrown out of the Congress. Period. Welcome to 880 In Depth. I'm Tim Scheld. He is 84 years old and, as you will hear, as sharp as ever and has no plans to leave politics anytime soon. He is Congressman Bill Pascrell from northern New Jersey and a district that touches parts of Bergen and Passaic, the 9th Congressional District. He has served in Congress since 1997. Before that, he was mayor of Patterson and served in the Assembly. He is a Democrat, and he is not happy with how the Democrats have not gotten in line behind President Biden now that they have the majority in both the Senate and the House. No, no. Our Peter Haskell spent time with the congressman in Patterson a few days ago to hear his thoughts on a variety of topics, including last week's vote. Election night was not a good one for the Democrats. How would you characterize what happened? Well, I think it was time to, you know, when people get out of the House, they drive, they do everything they could not do when they were, you know, holding down their own home because of the COVID, because of the pandemic. And so you see that's happening. As those numbers go down, well, people start going out. And you saw a lot of people vote. Uh, Many of them were not Democrats. (laughs) Uh, Who had to better get out to vote? I think the uh, Republicans had the better message and the better get out the vote uh, situation, particularly here in Jersey. Uh, I thought Murphy was going to win by a bigger number, but, you know, by the time it's over, he may be close to 100,000, but it's now 60,000, 70,000 right now, his margin. 100,000, not too bad. Not as much as we thought it was going to be. So I think you pause for a moment, get things done. It's not, <laughs> when you're explaining, you're losing. That's my philosophy. When, it's, when you get it done, then you can talk. And this is going to be a big help in terms of 
employed people, and this is going to be helped to our transit system and our railroad system and airplane system throughout the entire country. This is going to be a big deal. So was it that Republicans were able to define Democrats as anti-police and, you know, there was defund the police and all this stuff? They did that in the presidential election. And I think that's beginning to wear thin. But as I said, whatever message they had, it certainly wore better than ours. And I think it was because of the confusion and the chaos, one might say, in not being able to deliver for the president and for the country. I mean, the president's no votes in the House or the Senate, but he has a great amount of influence. And if I was standing next to our good president, Joe, right now, I'd say to him, you got to get a little tougher with your own. And because you, we got to get these things done, all of us. Uh, it's, it's, it's a very strong message. But I couldn't tell you what the message was in this last election in the two states. The two different states. You know, when uh, children are being pawns in an election, I don't have very much respect for the people who do that. And in New Jersey, I think that he had a very good uh, uh, ad, uh, Chiratelli. Uh, and, and when he took the governor's words, might have been out of context, uh, about... This isn't a place for you to live. I thought that was a very effective kind of thing. And as you move words around, uh, this is the result of it. So I hope soon we'll get back to honesty in elections. You say the president needs to get tougher on his own. What do you mean by that? Tougher on Democrats. How so? Well, because there there is, you know, the, the office carries the weight in and of itself, regardless of who the president is. I mean, Trump got nothing done, really, in 30, in the four years he was the president. But you knew he was the president, and you knew he had uh, the ears of his party. Uh, and I don't believe people seem to be going when you're the majority, is what happens. People go in different directions sometimes. And they have every right to go in a different direction. But this is the president of the United States. This is his agenda. That's got to mean something. Or else we don't have a party. So one of the things that you said after the election, if we don't deliver, we don't deserve to govern. That's, that's so what do you mean by that? We don't deserve to be elected if we don't deliver. You've got to find a way to get things passed. And you've got, to get, you've got to get to the point of getting it done and not water down what you tried to get done. Now, compromise is, is part of democracy. Because... Compromise means we're trying to find a common path. Uh, I think we did that late, but it worked. And we got X amount of Republicans to vote with us on the infrastructure. I I wouldn't assume anything about the next vote we're going to have, about who's going to vote with us or against us. And we certainly don't have as strong a commitment from our own members, let alone Republicans. I intend to vote for it. So there are some who question whether the Democrats push too far left or just didn't sell enough. Look back to the the 2020 election. If you listen to Republican statements about the election, you would think we couldn't go any further left. I mentioned it before. We're not going to defund the police department. I'm chairman of the 
a, a committee that makes a lot of recommendations to the Congress on police officers and firefighters. I mean, both of them and, and lead both of them. That's not going to happen. It was a gimmick. It worked. And I'll tell you, if you look back at the numbers of 2020 election, the presidential election, it worked in that election. Trump should have been buried by nine million, not seven million. So, is it, so to you, this is just a messaging problem. You don't think the Democrats are going too far? Some people in the Democratic Party go too far. That's why they believe it and they wish well. I'm not, I'm not questioning your motivations. You've got to understand that we all got to be there at the same place. Some people feel comfortable. Some people don't feel comfortable because they're in a district that's very different than this person or that congressman's. And you got to understand that we're not all starting from the same place, but we only have one president. That's, that's the tiebreaker. Bill Pascrell is not only a student of history, he was at one point in his life a history teacher. He worked in the town I grew up in, in Paramus, at Paramus High School, and no, we didn't cross paths, but I suspect he taught a few of my friends back in the day. Pascrell also graduated from Fordham with a degree in journalism and a master's in philosophy, both of which likely serve him well today in a very tumultuous time in our nation's history. We wanted to hear more about how he thinks the president can get anything done in this especially fractured time in Congress, where members attack each other on social media in words, and in this past week in anime video, where Arizona's Congressman Paul Gosar on Twitter pushed out a video cartoon the congressman in the role of superhero, swinging the samurai sword at the president and New York Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Here's the second part of our chat with Congressman Bill Pascrell and Peter Haskell. The social spending bill, is that going to be harder to pass? I would say it has been. Don't forget we've been trying to pass it for a couple of months now. And I, th- I thought that we should have passed the infrastructure a long time ago, get it out of the way, so we could concentrate on that one bill. But that bill is not simply a human bill, a human services bill. That bill has a lot of jobs connected to it when you read each item in it. There are a lot of jobs involved in that. And I think it's necessary, whether it's in health or education, I'm all for it. If the Democrats had passed infrastructure before Election Day, would the results have been different? I'm not going to say yes, but it would have been a lot better. You know, the other thing I'm curious about, the Republicans see what happened, and they're emboldened by the election result. In fact, I hope they put up Trump next week. Is it going to be... I want him to be the candidate. Is it going to be harder to get anything done in a bipartisan fashion now? I don't think it's going to be any more or any less difficult. I said from the beginning it was going to get difficult for And for those Republicans that had voted, it was difficult for them to make that decision, but they decided the country needed it. So they thought the country was more important than party, and we all got to think that. But isn't that generally the feeling in Washington? Or is the it about- words in Washington. It's not the feeling. So how does, how does is that... Look at, look at just this morning. This one clown, a congressman, is threatening the life, although he doesn't think so, of AOC. That's ridiculous. 
the, the forefathers never expected anything like this. Or what would their response be? They would be disgusted. That person is dealing in, in a violation of the very Constitution we love every day. But if you remember, who was the first congressman that asked after the election not to seat, not to seat those who tried to usurp the Constitution and try to change the Electoral College? And I did it because it was the right thing to do. They'd be smirched. They defiled the Constitution of the United States. They are breaking the law. And that's what Mr. Trump did as a common criminal. He's, let me tell you something. They got more on him than they had on Judas Iscariot. The point of the matter is it's public. The numbers are the numbers. The associations are the associations. And when you see who was with him, who was deciding at that Willard Hotel on, on um, January the 5th, it speaks for itself. What should Republicans say about this Congressman Paul Gosser about that, that anim animated thing that he did? He should be thrown out of the Congress. Period. I suspect Republicans aren't going to go for that. Look, we b I believe in all... I've walked on a lot of picket lines for free speech. I believe in free speech. But when you undermine the law, when you undermine the Constitution, and you talk about killing a fellow congressman, that to me has gone too far. And I believe it would be... In my book, it would be called criminal. But it's it's anime. It's not real life. It's uh, it's, oh, it's well, fantasy. Well, he wants you to think it. How many people look at that and say that's a good idea? You've been doing this for a long time. You've been in Congress for a quarter of a century. How has bipartisanship changed? How has the relationship when between saw, Dems and Republicans that's changed? That's a great question. When I saw that Congressman Tiberi from Ohio. Uh, Lobianda from New Jersey, Charlie Dent from Pennsylvania. Just start with those three. When I saw that they were leaving the Congress a few years ago, I asked them because I was very close to each one of them, particularly T. Berry and Lobianda. Three Republicans, and they said, we don't like what's coming. And I never asked them, well, what do you mean? I knew what they meant. And a lot of my friends are gone from the, from the Republican side. We'd have a drink. We'd have a cup of coffee. That's not happening anymore. Why is that? Well, Newt Gingrich started. Newt Gingrich started the Democrats are the enemy. He did a pretty damn good job, even though he got kicked out himself. And it's going to take another 20 years to get past that. Do you try to reach out to Republicans and say, hey, let's have a meal, let's have a drink, let's talk about well, there this? There are Dem Democrats that have done that. We have one right in Bergen County. Uh, Josh Gottheimer joined the Problem Solvers Group. And the question is, maybe they caused a few more problems than they tried to solve. They meant what they said. I don't question their motivation whatsoever. It, it's very difficult to happen in this atmosphere. I'm willing to sit down and talk to anybody. Anybody that knows me knows that. So for people who look at government and say, this damn thing is broken, 
How do we get past that? How do we fix that? Well, I think Democrats are talking. And, you know, we're going to clarify our message, which needs to be done. And we're going to make sure that we're supportive of the president. In a way, it may go easier. It may be easier to pass if we listen, all of us. You talk about the fact that AOC was targeted by this congressman. For the Republicans, she has become the face of the party. Two things. Nancy Pelosi was. So let me ask you this. Is AOC the face of the party? And and the fact that she has become this GOP boogeyman, how does, that, how does that affect things? Alexandra is a very bright young lady. Was she a little bit ahead of herself? Perhaps. I disagree with many of the things that she puts forth. That doesn't make her a bad person. This is different, though. This is the president's agenda, not Bill Pascrell's agenda or AOC's agenda. This is the president. And we only can have one president at a time. And if it happens to be a member of our party, we should at least modify what we're thinking in order to make sure that this president gets his agenda passed. But in the midterms, in next year's election, how does that play out if the Republicans say she's the boogeyman, she wants to... You know, she's his socialist and all these things. How do you counter Republicans, that? The Republicans have taken the example of Trump seriously. And although many of them in private talk want to dump the guy, you wish you'd go away, it doesn't change their actions and their behavior. Until you're willing to stand up and have the courage to do that, you don't even belong in the Congress. You, again... And I, look, I've been tough on the Democrats just as much as I have on Republicans. I called... I think that, the, you know, that many of them act like uh, ponies out there or poodles out there. They're not tough enough. They don't stand up when they need to stand up. I said that during the impeachment. Not that you have to have the nonsense that the Republicans have put forth, some of them, in, insulting the very institution of the Congress. We don't have to do that, but we stand up for what we believe in, and we're not afraid. We sing it on Sunday. We're afraid to act it on Monday. Are you going to run for re-election? Yes, I am. Based on everything you've described, why do you want to still be part of this fight? (laughs) It's not the money. Uh, It's because I believe in the institution. I'm an institutionalist, and I believe in free speech. I've been on the picket line enough times to, to believe in it. But I do believe in party loyalty. So you can't be loyal every day. You're going to put your own ideas up this Tuesday or Friday or whenever the case may be. But you got to come back to the center when you're doing what the president campaigned on. He campaigned on it. This is what he said he was going to do. Not like the other guy who said in 2016... This is what I'm going to do. And the only thing he did do that he said he was going to do was deregulate America. And that's what did not help in the environment. It did not help in terms of education. And look, his education secretary. And thirdly, it did not move the country forward as one. It was this guy against that guy, this girl against that girl. And to me, that's not a president. I went to his inauguration. I went to his speech on the floor. I did my job. 
but I never went to the White House when I was invited. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give him that credibility, which he did not deserve. Last thing, Congressman, looking forward, do you think things are going to get better? Are they going to get worse? How long is it going to take for the tide to well, turn? It's, get, it's getting worse, and I don't think it can get much worse unless the whole system breaks down and we have to fight against an autocrat to become the president of the United States of America. So I don't think we're at that point yet. But we need to protect democracy. It has to be protected every day. You've got all these members of Congress who voted to overturn this election. Yes. Are you concerned about the future of our democracy? Yes, and I don't believe they should have been seated. They were elected, duly elected. Maybe their elections are all fair and ours were unfair. Oh, I understand. <laughs> but uh, they don't belong on the floor of the House. They have, they have defiled the, the forefathers of this country. Congressman, thank There's you. work to be done, and I ain't running. I don't yield. Congressman, thank you. God bless you. Before we leave, we wanted to frame the political conversation in Congress with the executive dean of the National Center for Suburban Studies at Hofstra University on Long Island. Larry Levy was also a one-time columnist for Newsday. President Biden got a win last week with the House voting to pass his big infrastructure bill, but a handful of Democrats voted against it because it wasn't tied to the big social spending plan. And 13 Republicans voted for it because, well, they believe it was right for their constituents. Larry Levy sees it this way. How this is going to affect individual members will depend on their district. And if you notice, the four New Yorkers are in uh, seats that uh, are, are easily characterized as swing districts. And swing voters giveth and swing voters taketh away. And one of the things that swing voters have been frustrated about, according to polling and focus groups, is the lack of bipartisanship and the lack of progress. Well, this is one of the few, one of the first uh, tangible examples of what can happen if the two parties find a way to work together. Uh, the question is, What's going to happen to uh, members like Jamal Bowman, who are in definitely blue districts, but have a lot of moderate suburbanites uh, as well? You know, how is this going to play, uh, particularly when they show up for ribbon cuttings and some people remind them that, hey, didn't you vote against this bill? And I think that's what opponents are going to do against the folks who both voted for it on the Republican side when they are attacked by their more extreme potential primary opponents on the right, and the Democrats will be attacked uh, by potential primary opponents from the left. It seems there have always been these intra-party battles about, you know, who, who speaks for the heart of the party. Are things different now? Is it meaner, more vitriolic, more difficult to manage? If you studied political campaigns going way back. I mean, I'm talking about 18th century, 19th century. Even without social media, that wasn't what they say uh, of politics as beanbag. It, politics has always been a tough game. Uh, the the uh, megaphone of social media amplifies it to a level where the most extremist elements who used to be relegated to 
shouting from street corners have very, very powerful means to get their message out. And I don't think the moderates, the middle-of-the-road people in both parties have quite figured out what to do about that. With that said, are we destined for just more gridlock? I, I think we, we are seeing more gridlock in Congress as the uh, more e- extremist uh, elements of both parties uh, seem to have greater sway than you've seen in the past. Uh, but the, the infrastructure bill shows that progress can be made. I think Republicans would say, uh, look at what we did in the first couple of years of the Trump administration with tax cuts. So Democrats may not have thought those were a great idea. Uh, rolling back some of the protections of immigrants uh, were maybe not a great idea, but if you were a Republican, you might have thought that they were. So things can get done. Um, the question is, is it better and if, if it were uh, influenced by uh, moderates in, in both parties and reflected bipartisan support. Larry, what else? Is there anything else that you want to talk about that we didn't hit on this? I think I've, I think I've got it. I mean, I like the, the idea of the, you know, I mean, all over, Peter, all over the country, Republicans and even the six Democrats who voted against the infrastructure bill are going to show up at ribbon cuttings and try to take credit for what they delivered to their communities. And it's really up to the Democrats or whoever their opponents are to point out that, no, they took a politically expedient position based on ideology and not need. And uh, the challenge is to make sure that they don't get any benefit, not to mention pay a price for it. That's this week's 880 In-Depth. Our thanks to Larry Levy and Congressman Bill Pascrell. In-Depth is a production of WCBS News Radio 880. Our team includes Dempsey Pilat and Peter Haskell. I'm Tim Scheld. Please subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a week and can listen to In-Depth On Demand. Find us on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your audio. Just search for 880 In-Depth. Thank you for listening and please be safe. in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 